You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Taylor's going to kick things off with an exciting announcement, but I also don't know what it is. Yeah, so it's going to be so a it's going to be a surprise to everyone. me and all the listeners. Taylor, take it away. I got engaged over the weekend. Wow, congratulations! <laughs> Thanks. There, an engagement announcement. Yes, there you go. Wow, really that's exciting. awesome. Was it, and was this like a total surprise out of nowhere for you? Oh no, like I knew it was going to come. Oh really? But Dan's been really good about throwing me off his scent, so. It was a surprise that it happened then. Okay, so but you had so you had a sense that this was going to happen, and then but Dan was like, he threw it off a little bit, and then Dan was like, "I'll propose to you before April." So that's like a pretty <laughs> that's big... a pretty big uh, <laughs> that's a pretty big time. Like between now and April is like that's that's like six months. That's a yeah, long so time. Yeah, so I was a little, was a wow. little surprised. I, so how did it happen? Well, Sunday was our two year anniversary. Okay, so I said, "Let's go take." And I get to plug another local business that yep. I love to do Go so ahead. much. We went to End of the Thread. The big, it says Antique Emporium. Oh, it's on yes. Street. Yes, that place is great. And they have a vintage photo booth. Yes, Which anyone do. can use. Yeah. $4. Yeah. It's fantastic. Only in yeah. Toonies. Yeah. Um, and so while we were taking our photo booth photos, he... Did you get a candid photo oh, of yeah, like, him popping like, the question and asking, your reaction? And He's asking and the camera's like, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Very well played by him. Yeah. Wow. Pretty and classy. so then you said yes, obviously. Yes. Did duh. you make him wait at all? Did you like give it a second? Did you no, make him sweat? No, like, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Also, okay, the camera's going. So, yeah, like, so, oh, so you just overwhelmed yeah, and it's like, just so much is happening. happening? Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I put you on the spot a little bit but you guys planning on having like a long engagement you have sort of a plan there is it just going to be see how it goes probably october of 2020 wow there you go so i guess by like today's standards that's short yeah i've seen seen yeah but that's still that's not like right off the bat like you have time at least you have like almost a year to plan it out which is good like you guys gonna have a big wedding you do something small are you gonna so, because I'm psychotic, I already know where I want okay, to go, and great. we're touring it. He knows weekend. this, though, about oh, you, so, like, he's, obviously. like, yeah, he, he accepts it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, that venue's about 100 people. So, again, by, yeah. like, today's standards, I'd say that's normal. I'd say that's about, like, a medium-sized normal yeah. wedding, about 100. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty standard. Dan's yeah. dad had, like, 10 siblings, mm-hmm. so we're going to have to cut that's some aunts and uncles from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both weddings I went to this summer were about 100 people each, and they were nice, like really nice ceremonies, it, really nice, you know. not overwhelming, but yeah. you also don't feel like it's like... It's not tiny either. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Thanks. I'm sure Erica is really going to love... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... Love that one. You know, the, you know you've you found happiness, and yeah, believe Erica it probably won't like that, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and believe I'll it or not, to, yeah. I'll have to get used to calling Dan my fiancé, because normally I'm like, oh, my boyfriend, Dan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, has it? I mean, it only just happened. So has it even sunk in yet, or is it still not real? Is it? It doesn't feel real. Yeah. But it is real because I'm already. Do like, you think talking calls. about it like you did made it? 
feel more real when it happened? Like, were you still completely caught off guard or did you kind of like, okay, I know this is coming eventually. So I know I'm going to eventually marry this guy. It's just a matter of when, or were you still like, wait, what's happening? What's going on? Like it's still overwhelming. I feel like it's just kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I knew it was going to happen and this is the next step. And now it's time to plan a wedding. Yeah. That's kind of. I'm very like practical. About yes. The whole yeah. Thing. Yeah. I feel like a wedding plan by you is going to go fine. Like I, I feel like you, you, you can plan you. a good one. I, I get from seeing people plan weddings. I think you are the type that, that you're, it's going to suit A-type. you well. Yeah. You've, I think yeah. you need someone within the, the partnership to be that type of person. Just be like, let's practically just do this. Right. And not worry and as much. It's perfect because I'm the A type personality. So I'm going to be a little bit of a bridezilla. And then Dan is so go with the flow. So yeah. It's, like, it's perfect. That is like, perfect. Whatever. And I'm like, like, okay, yeah. the flowers need to be this. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna say exactly what you need, and he's just gonna go with it. That's yeah, good. Good that's for love. him. I, and it's it's love, and this is the way you probably survive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good for him. Yeah. Well, congratulations Thank to both you. of you. I don't know if Dan listens, but uh, congratulations. No, he doesn't. He, he, doesn't, it, he thinks fine. the show gets too political at the end. <laughs> what at the end? The, the headlines. Oh, the headlines are political. Oh, I don't. I think we're pretty light when it comes to that. But okay, that's fine. Hey, to each his own. Uh, but congratulations but again, to both of that's you. That's how the relationship works. That's it good. Just turns hey, off the radio. That's at that point. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'm done. I'm radio off. Well, there you go. That's that's fantastic news to kick Thanks. things off. Yeah. I, I, in the few seconds when you told me there was, um, there was an announcement that you had. I my brain went to like six or seven different things and it wasn't that. Oh. So you got me off. <laughs> like oh no, my first thing was like, could she, is she pregnant? Is like is that what this announcement is? And like like that's where my brain goes. It like jumps well, twenty yeah, steps I guess down the road. Weddings aren't as big as a deal now. Well, I also had a great title for this episode picked out if you were pregnant because a parasite in more than one way because you were, you know, you're talking parasites, the movie you saw. Well, I can be People Dan's make a parasite, joke. Parasite. Yeah, there you go. It's there still, you know. I it guess still it, works. we'll keep it. Topical. <laughs> we'll keep it and we'll give people, yeah. we'll tease it to people. Um, but wow, what a great way to kick the show off. It's yeah. fantastic news. I mean, I'm glad you saw a movie still in between getting engaged. Like, that's good. It was busy. I convocated on Friday, mm-hmm. saw a movie Saturday, got engaged Sunday. And of course, I assume after getting engaged, you like contacted a million people oh, and had yeah. to tell people, and that's probably, you know, still happening. I Does just everyone told, know? Like, I just told my parents. Okay. You and, do it. And then told them to tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. With some parents, that's all you have to do. You just yeah, tell just one like, person, and it's like they'll they'll spread it around. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's I don't even know where do we go from here. Like, the, all, is all this stuff even worth it? I don't care what the fans have to say, like, <laughs> unless it's related to. We should let the fans plan my wedding. We should, we should ask the fans. Like, in the next couple of weeks, fans write in what movie themed, like what movies should she theme her wedding to? Like that's the wedding, like, singer. The, the wedding singer, like a very eighties, yeah. like yeah. Um, the wedding singers, I don't know. It's so sad though. That's a happy ending. The Wedding Singer is a phenomenal movie. It People is fantastic who are always movie. Like, what, what comedy should I watch? Wedding the Singer. The Wedding Singer. Absolutely. Oh well, you know if this show is still around close to your wedding, we'll have to go through our top oh, favorites. Crossed. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, we, we have to. We'll have <laughs> well, to go through a top episode. ten. Yeah, we'll have to go through a top ten wedding movies and and do that. That'll be fun. Um, okay. Well, let's get to fan questions. None of you have anything important to say as far as I'm concerned. Um, but so the first one's actually from someone anonymous. Ooh. Uh, Thoughts on the comments by Scorsese on superhero movies? Oh, I have um, 
I was going to save this for not a great plan. You have a headline about it. Yes. Okay, well, why don't we just save it then? Yeah, we'll put a pin on that one. So we're anonymous. going to put a pin in that anonymous. But yes, that did have come out a couple weeks ago, and I'm sure we have things to say about it. But if there's a headline, and we'll say that. Mark them. Ruffalo's weighing in. Mark Ruffalo weighed in? So yeah, I, mean, so I, I Tim Blake Nelson weighed in because he's in the new Watchmen right. TV series. And, and at first, I didn't realize it was tim blake nelson and i went why are you commenting on this like what have you who, done who are you're you? in that weird cowboy movie i saw on netflix and was confused like and then i realized oh you're in Watchmen. okay you're, you're somebody you're you're actually in a superhero movie okay well eric not erica eric erica let us know what you thought of uh taylor, <laughs> taylor's news i want to <laughs> i want to see what you think uh eric says do either of you think that star wars or the fantastic beast series can stick the landing after rough second films seems to be a trend right now where the next he put next in quotes trilogy of films after popular ones have a rough second film so he's talking about fantastic beasts the second movie being rough rougher than the first and yeah, then the that. the latest star wars movie because the third one's coming out i think they just announced that there's a third fantastic beasts coming in 2021 i think, I think that's it was where always this question. meant to be a trilogy yeah i, I heard five movies oh yeah, I heard that this was well, a five-movie arc. that's not a trilogy. That's no. a franchise. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, but I, I'll be honest, Eric. I can't really answer this question because I don't watch Star Wars and I haven't seen any of the Fantastic Beasts movies. These aren't really my genre. Yeah, I... Okay, I guess I'll answer this question then. Because you've seen I, both. I've seen... I don't... See, I like Harry Potter, but I, I don't care about the world enough to care about Fantastic Beasts, but I've seen them. I've seen both movies. Crimes of Grindelwald was a mess of a movie. Um, and then the first movie, which is now just titled, I only call it, And Where to Find Them, because if because the first movie was Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. The second movie, Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald, meaning the movie's called Crimes of Grindelwald, meaning the first movie's called And Where to Find Them. That's the name of that movie. Anyway, I just think that J.K. Rowling needs help when it comes to writing these things. I think she's an she author. An she needs an editor, somebody who understands film. Now, I heard... The co-writer of of many of the Harry Potter um, film scripts is returning to help her with this third movie, so maybe you can change it up and stick the landing. I don't know. It's it, that to me that's in more of a mess Who than cares? Star Wars. People are gonna still go see it. People are still gonna go see it. It's gonna make a billion dollars. I don't care. It wasn't that good. I'll maybe I'll see it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I, I don't know. I honestly don't think I will because I just after seeing the second one. I'm kind of like, I don't know if I care about this anymore. Like, it doesn't really And is Johnny Depp anything. coming back for the third one? I believe so. I haven't heard anything to, to suggest otherwise, so I believe so. Um, Star Wars, on the other hand, I actually think is in a lot better shape than people think. Like, I do think the third movie is going to be fine. I didn't realize that the second movie... It's very divisive. Like, a lot... The it's one split with Kylo down Ren? The, it's, well, he's in the first one, too, of this new... The, of this new thing. Kylo Ren is in the... In, What's the second one? Um, the... Mads Mikkelsen's one? Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> so that's Rogue One. Um, See how little... Yeah. <laughs> so, so there Star was Star Wars. Wars The Force Awakens. Kylo Ren was, yes. was in that. And then there's The Last Jedi, which Kylo Ren was also in. So this is the third movie of this new trilogy. The second one already came out? Yeah, that was a couple years ago. Clearly it didn't do well because it's not even on my radar. Uh, I mean, it did okay, but it was very, like, mixed. A lot of people were like, this doesn't feel like Star Wars, whereas The Force Awakens, people were like, this feels too much like Star Wars. So there was this kind of odd mix of feelings about both movies, and this third one is being directed by J.J. Abrams again. So this finishes the Skywalker yeah, I nine heard. movies. And like that's the gonna, idea. That family arc is done, and, and now be they're done. going to um, 
delve into the other mythos. With Ryan Johnson, who directed Return of the Jedi, he's getting his own three movies, his own trilogy in five I'm so years. exhausted. Like, just even... <laughs> I know. It's, a, it's gonna, hard to go through, and it's this like, This is going to tie into the Martin Scorsese stuff. Because yeah. um, Martin Scorsese is against... He's not against... He, there's a time and a place for everything, but he has franchise fatigue yeah and he has and, and so he has and he has some very He's well some, thought out thoughts I mean, about oh them oh my gosh the guy's been around for forever anyways we'll get into we'll it get into it because i obviously side with mr scorsese marty but as he's known in uh to, to answer Eric's questions, yes, I think Star Wars and Fantastic Beasts can still stick a landing because I think if you make a really good movie, people kind of forget about the, the middle, one. middle one a little bit. Um, and I think that uh, I think that with changes and, and understanding that they've they, always the issue is if you don't understand that you've made a mistake or that there's a problem, then things won't change. But if you get that there's something worth changing, which by Fantastic Beasts bringing in another person to work with J.K. Rowling on the script, that's one way to try to fix some of the problems. So, yes, it could happen. I don't know if it will. There you go. Um, Allison writes in, um, if you both don't like the Joker, have you seen The Irishman yet? I found the tones to be similar, and I'm wondering if you both might enjoy that movie more because it's outside the world of comic books. Maybe the tone fits better. It's better because it's a Scorsese movie by Scorsese. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the Joker was trying to be a Scorsese by someone who did the ha- the Hangover. I actually I did watch The Irishman, but I was actually I know the screen room's getting it, and I was actually waiting to do a review of it for the show when so the screen room it gets Netflix. it. I did, um, but I do I I want to see it at the screening room, and the reason being is watching it on Netflix. I think I'm missing something. Martin Scorsese said that. He wanted it. He made it to be on the big screen. Yeah, and I, I definitely have felt like I'm missing something in terms of just the overall experience. So yeah. I, that makes sense to me because he said that. Like, yeah, I want to see it when it comes to the screening room. But I do think tone-wise, that film is similar to the Joker. I mean, it has a similar feel to it for those reasons because the the he Joker was, was, was taken. It's a direct ripoff yeah. of Taxi Driver. Yeah, and it, that's it, that's. You know that's his style as a, as a filmmaker. So the Joker was was a, a poor man's poor man's <laughs> yeah, yeah version Irishman. of that. Yeah. So yes, I have seen it, and yeah, I did think it was a, it was better, and I I enjoyed the movie. But I I think that movie is really with the lead actor with Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. He really carries that movie in a very powerful way. Um, I think he might get some award consideration this year. Um, but yeah, I, I do think the movie fit a little bit better and yeah, than, than the Joker. Yeah. Better. Yeah. It w- worked better. You know? I haven't seen it yet. If it's coming to the screening room, I it is. may very well have a chance. Yeah. I think you should see it when it comes to the screening room and I think we'll, we'll review it when it comes here because I, I do think just from seeing it and I'll compare it to seeing it on the big screen. I think this is something you should see in theaters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There yep. you go. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that ends fan questions. I have nothing to <laughs> um, if you if you want to contribute uh, to Screening in Kingston, just email us at screeninginkingston at gmail.com. Congratulate Taylor. Um, and send presents. Send, I'm send, send presents via your questions. <laughs> um, we are, you know, or request another vampire episode of us or something. Oh, That's God. usually what people do. Um, you can also follow us. Don't forget on social media. Just send us a direct message or, or tag us in something if you have a question and we'll find it. Um, okay, so we've got some movies to review. Yeah. 
I saw Midway, um, and you finally saw Parasite. So do you want to want to start off with Parasite? Parasite. So it's one of those movies where you have to be careful because it's like all of the headlines are like, "This is the best movie you're gonna see." All That's all year. I've heard about it. Yeah. And guess what, guys? It was one of the best movies. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay, so it fit. <laughs> it it matched that like, expectation. So, for people, you kind of have to be living under a rock. But for people who don't know what Parasite is, it's a Korean comedy. So, um, and it's by the director, and I apologize, I don't know his name, but he's very uh, well known. He did Old Boy. Oh. And Thirst. Yes. Um, Google this real quick to make sure yeah. I'm quoting the right person. But um, and he works with a lot of the same actors. So. But you have to know that because this is a, a this isn't going to be a, a typical North American comedy. Uh, yes, uh, Bong Joon Ho. Yes. So if you director of Old Boy, call recall from two weeks ago, I had said you know, I chose to see Hustlers instead of Parasite because I needed something light. Do you know that even though this is a comedy, it's not light. Like you will laugh, but horrific things do happen which is pretty typical of this director well this director because even the um the okja tv show that uh he was involved in it was a movie oh sorry a movie um he is very very similar in terms of like it's heavy content even though there's humor yeah like he's good at bringing humor into pretty dark situations in like a north american context i would say that this movie would be billed as a comedy slash drama okay. or like comedy slash thriller mm-hmm. in you know by this filmmaker's standards straight comedy okay but disclaimer there is violence there's violence and it can be fairly graphic okay so i don't know it's hard it's always hard to critique a movie that you like you know what i mean because you're like it was just good it's like you know in, in like high school and you have to write a book report but you liked the book so yeah. all you can say is this book was good. I had that exact problem with one year with a book for a big assignment where all I had to say about it was it was really good it and was it was really well written. I, I don't know what you want me to tell, tell you. you. <laughs> um, performances spot on. Really? Um, and the the actor who was an old boy reappears in this film as the father. So just to – this is one of those movies where um, the less you know about the movie, the better. Okay. Um, but I can tell you the basic premise. It's that, you know, it's an impoverished, impoverished family who's living in sort of a basement apartment, mom, dad, brother, and sister. And they essentially sort of infiltrate a very wealthy family. Mm-hmm. But um, the poor family is essentially the anti-heroes. They're the ones that, you know, we follow throughout mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really funny, cleverly written. Um, the movie was two hours and 10 minutes, but was an appropriate length. Like it didn't feel like, you know, the lighthouse where I was like checking my watch halfway through the movie. Right. Yeah. Really, like really good story, you know, like great storytelling, a, a novel storytelling. It had a little bit to say about class, but not in a way that was, is like, jamming it down your throats or it's just kind of a, a modern look at ha- like class divide and like what you know yeah just like a 
kind of you know how like Jordan Peele has a lot to say. Yeah. But sometimes it feels maybe like borderline preachy or like. And, and yeah, it, it's a lot. His sometimes. points don't always like yeah. go anywhere. No. This was more so like, you know, like poor family, rich family. This is the state of our economy. Right. But I'm not making like a grandiose statement. No. This is just like the framing device for the film. It really worked. I think I mentioned great acting in a grossing movie. Um, you know, I don't have a lot to say about in terms of like cinematography or anything. Like it wasn't necessarily like because listeners will know I'm always into like the beautiful movies. This isn't necessarily like a beautiful movie, but like. Yeah, just good. If you're a fan of this director, you're going to really like this movie. And even if you're not a fan of the director, this might be the entry into his filmography. Okay, that's it. so that's interesting. You think this might be a good entry point into his work. But knowing that his other work is much more, like, even more so darker. Yeah. Even more, yeah. like, violent. Interesting. But this is, like, a pretty accessible, and I would say because a lot of, Maybe not a lot of our listeners, but I know a lot of people I know don't watch foreign films. Mm. This is even just a good entry into foreign film. Yeah. Because it's a very interesting story and it's not – sometimes we think – sometimes the foreign films we get to the screening room are a little bit more of the art house ones. Yes, and they, they can be hard to follow and Whereas get into. Whereas this one is like, you know, there's – I would almost say like it's almost – it almost is set up in like an in the style of like a North American thriller, mm-hmm. but like it's not. It's hard to describe because I feel like audiences in North America aren't used to this type of film. Well, it, it, like this people here story, don't make that type of film. This type for the of storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I would say like of uh, in terms of foreign films, who who like people like his films, people have at least for the most part heard of. Or no, because they end up getting big releases. Yeah, like like we don't just, get a lot of foreign films in this manner. This this filmmaker, his reputation is well deserved. Yeah, oh, and I yeah, feel like sure. this is you know a wonderful addition to his filmography. And it's interesting that you say that as a good jumping point of of all even his earlier work, like this being one of his later works compared to what he's done so far, is like the one to start with which is interesting like it's not like he's getting more and more dense and it's harder he's like maybe even he's learning how to like like introduce people you know he's older now and he's like i want a fun one yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i want a fun movie and i'm gonna do this (laughs) and it was yeah it was it was good cool that's what great but be cautioned though because this is one of those movies this year where people are like this is the best one of the best movies you'll see all year. So I don't want people to go in with their expectations too high. But do know it's a very enjoyable film. Yeah. And it probably will get Oscar buzz for, you know, best foreign picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Yeah. I can't imagine it getting best um, original screenplay because that might be a little bit too but you never know Roma I mean, was... you know Roma and then you know there was a film uh, there was an actress who who was nominated for best actress one year that was from a foreign film just because of the incredible job that she did Roma. was it also yeah. from Roma okay maybe yeah so it happens but Roma is a very academy movie yeah whereas yeah. this one isn't it's not 
No. It's a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't it, know. I don't the know. Academy doesn't like comedies, yeah. really. Yeah. So, anyways, I think it's definitely one to watch. So, it's a see it for it's you. It's a see it. And if you don't get the opportunity to see it in the screening room, although I should mention that it's been at the screening room for about two weeks. I went, like, on, like, sort of the second week. I went at, a like, a 640 showing with my friend Aparashta. The theater was packed. So yeah. I think this is a movie that will probably stay at the screening room for a while. I think it's at least still playing uh, this coming weekend. I started to look at uh, their schedule. And I think, yeah, Parasite's still playing this weekend. So it's uh, at least on for another week. Yeah, so... If you get the opportunity, I would highly recommend it. Okay. Go see Parasite at the screening room. It's a see it for Taylor. Yeah. So I saw Midway, which is a now now for something of a completely different uh, field. Uh, it <laughs> looks – okay, can I just say yeah. from the trailers, mm-hmm. it looks horrible. Like it's the worst kind of CGI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The CGI in this movie is dreadful. Like it's – um, it looks – like, like a computer thing. animated, yeah, the old style animation is what it feels like. You know how you know the uh, it, it's basically filmed, and the entire stylistically, it, it's like the 1940s like posters and look and feel to it is what they were trying. Like, but like no, you know, but like what the 2000s yeah thought exactly yeah like that like that like olden style like very like very bright. Co- like strong colors and it was yeah i mean the look of this movie is terrible if, that's what i'll say it's just can't it looks see my awful. face obviously but i'm making like a poopy face um it now okay so as a to organize my thoughts a bit like the the look of this movie is dreadful the actual film is okay there there are there are moments where where when the film slows down a second it it shows some true heart it and, lets people and dense and you breathe, breathe. yeah. Because the one thing I will say is this this film has too many characters, uh, too many action fight sequences. Classic American World uh, War Two. Yeah, too 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 many of everything, and it makes you. It tells you to care about things as opposed to making you care about things. Yeah. Um. There's so many characters in this that like I don't even I don't even know, I can't t- tell you the name of Mandy Moore's character. Even Mandy Moore makes an appearance. Yeah, Mandy right? Moore's in this. Um, <laughs> Darren Chris, um, the Jonas brother to Axe. Uh, Nick. Nick, is that who I Axe? I think it's Nick. Nick. Um, Woody Harrelson. Dennis oh. Quaid. Like pretty much any like, uh, you know. Moderately. Modern. Like anyone who's for sure American. And then anyone who could like, we, they'll pull off as American. They'll say, no, he's, he's from America. Like there, it's very much an, like grab any American actors we can find, throw them in this movie. Yeah, who are available that? Yeah, because that month, that month to film because that's all they put into this. Um, this movie was clearly meant to come out like Veterans Day and Remembrance Day weekend. Like that was the idea. It was it, it, it was on I a Monday this did, year, eh? and it did. That's when it opened. Um, and it was clearly meant from the director of Independence Day and Day After Tomorrow. It's like let's do a big. 90s style epic film Pearl Harbor Harbor style film about you know a a event that happened in World War II and again I think correct me if I'm wrong my my all of my World War II history is on the Eastern Front so I'm biased but this takes place right after Pearl Harbor. Yes, right? this is the a events. this is the events after, and this is an important battle um, that happened in the Pacific. Um, 
So already I don't care. Yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of it's not near the end of the war, but it's the turning point of the war that leads to the end. Like it's it's yeah, the Americans have entered the war. Pearl Harbor has happened. Okay. Um, and this is about a very important strip of islands and and area that they call the Midway. Yeah. Um, and it's about needing to defend and keep yeah. their spot in the Midway and capture other things and all this stuff. Things that, like, don't really matter anyway for most war movies. It's just the premise of, like, y- you have this thing you have to accomplish and stop and here are your enemies. It could have been any battle. Where the movie showed a little bit of heart was a couple of the characters, mainly some of the younger ones. Mainly, like, some of the some of the, some of the pilots, some of the, the soldiers you meet have some interesting backgrounds and stories and things that if they had just done a very small movie. Like Dunkirk. Like Dun- Dunkirk or even, like, the style of um, – I don't know if, if you ever saw – there was a TV series that people really liked on HBO, Band of Brothers, that type of thing, where it was like, yes, they're going to war, but really it was about these people. Yeah, they pick, you know, five or six characters. Exactly, and and you follow them and dive into them. Yeah, Yeah. you really... Had they done that, this movie could have had quite a bit of potential and and forgot, uh, you know, forgotten about everything. But again, the whole point of this was to try to make money, make a dime off. They looked at the calendar and thought, we're we're due for a patriotic And this is the thing... That sucks <laughs> is it comes off very clearly that yeah, that's the only reason. Grab. There are very potent American flag shots. It's a very patriotic film without pretending that it's not. It is poorly edited. It is like one of the one of the like film going experiences where I've I've actually left being like I just didn't enjoy myself. Start to finish. Start to finish. And that's uh, usually even when a, the movie's bad, it's like, oh, what great trailers beforehand. And this actor was really the good. The popcorn was great. The popcorn is great. And it's just like, no, the popcorn was not good. They gave me like bottom of the thing. Go? I went to Landmark. Well, that was your they first They gave me problem. bottom of the barrel popcorn. Uh, my seat was a little sticky. Um, <laughs> everyone in there was just like terrible. Like they just the worst like film going etiquette crowd that i've been in in a while how was the uh, how was the turnout though like, like, like you... half full like you know i'd probably uh, like those theaters have the really nice seats now yeah. so you're probably talking about 40 ish people so were not, in there not great. no and i don't think it did very well in the in its opening two weeks like it, it wasn't that and that's the thing about this movie is it's like a summer popcorn movie but it's so bad that it's just not very enjoyable and it doesn't buried it, eh? and they did because i i saw the first preview for this movie about a week before it came out so it, they really buried it because i don't th- i think they knew they had nothing here i knew about it but it wasn't necessarily like on my radar but i'm like very opposed to this type of movie so i yeah. saw the trailer and i went this looks like garbage I went into it with a little bit of hope, and maybe it was like the part of me that's really looking forward to 1917, that film that's coming out. Where that it's like looks I like, very yeah, good. and that that that's the type of movie I like, where it's like a very really isolated war movie about these people. I thought like maybe because even like say what you will about Independence Day, at the time it was a lot of fun, and it's still just a fun movie. Day after tomorrow, I will still say it's just a fun time. Yes, it's not these that are great, like but these epic. fun. Movies. These are epic the movies. Genre. Yeah. And this movie is trying to be epic with clearly not the budget, clearly not the time, and no consideration for trying. It actually is one of the the even though I really liked 
the movie for the most part. I liked seeing the live action Aladdin movie, yeah. but I felt the director was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just like put it together, move on to the next thing. Yeah. Didn't really I care about it as much. Yes. <laughs> Didn't care about it. Like, it's almost as if he signed a bigger contract and this is the movie he had to do. Like, yeah. it's almost like th- this was that like, feeling. <laughs> this was like, they're like, you can make your dream movie, but first you need to make You need Aladdin. to make Aladdin. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Which yeah. like, weird. This isn't really... It's weird that Guy Ritchie even made Aladdin. And it, and Guy Ritchie, all like Guy Ritchie's like styles are in Aladdin, and it's very strange. But I anyway, wish we got a Man from Uncle too. Maybe, yeah. Oh, I maybe, love Man from Uncle. Maybe that was the deal with the devil. But imagine you make a Man from Uncle you too, and, and if you, if you make, make Aladdin. Aladdin, like imagine Man from Uncle, but just like replace all the characters with Aladdin characters. Like, yeah, it's like what kind of movie is that? <laughs> Honestly, Midway in that sense was not very good. It's just like like it's clearly an epic director from the '90s who is trying to make trying to make this movie. Yeah, grow up. But yeah, he he hasn't changed at all, and they didn't give they also didn't give him the budget for a true epic. Like because of the way things are with CGI now and the things the way things cost, you can't do this movie for a small amount of money. Like. Like, you know, those flight simulator games? Yeah, the whole movie's That's like that. That's what it looked like. They didn't improve anything. The whole movie is exactly like that. So, okay. But, you know, like, it's just, it's almost as though they threw a photo lens on it. You know what I mean? Those, like, those... Sapia tones. Yeah, and, and those, like, posters and, and um, like, propaganda stuff that would have been posted. Like, that, you know, that specific animation style, yeah. drawing, hand-drawn posters. That's what the movie, like... Feels like it was trying to be, but with real people. And it was very and weird. And I wonder if that was a stylistic choice, but probably not. Or just not. low budget. Yeah. Probably yeah. Low budget. But it, that's what it looks like. They, they were like, let's throw this filter on the camera, and I that'll like be our approach. I never saw Sucker Punch, but I've seen a lot of the yeah, like, stills. Where from it's it. like very stylistic in yeah, a way. Yeah. But like with Sucker Punch, that was the intention. Well, I think that was the intention, and they, they were very focused on this, whereas I think, I don't know. This was just like I don't know if there was intention in this movie. Like again, I not that I'm fantastic with character names and I realize that that I don't always But you get literally character don't but I don't know. know who what I can't tell you. I don't even know who Mandy Moore was I think she was engaged to one of the guys who went off to war. I mean it's the nineteen forties, so, so yeah, I mean she's she at was. home. She, um did she become a nurse? No, she wasn't a nurse. Because that's also a pretty big trope. No, I don't. I can't remember what she did. I just remember their scene outside and they're between a fence. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, the point is that I don't know any of these characters' names. And you don't care. I don't know. No, and like Woody Harrelson was Woody Harrelson and Dennis Quaid played a general and, and Darren, Chris, and, and the Jonas brother were like in it. And pilots. They were pilots and, and like, oh, I'm going to shoot this guy. Like that's like, you know, it's just like I'm I'm young and energetic. Like that's my character. Like there's just. <laughs> and I don't want to die. But then, but then it'll switch to suddenly they'll be having this moment where like one of these characters is talking to another one and you're like, oh, there's like some heart here and there's some story here and there, there could have been something here. But okay, we'll pass over this moment. Yeah, it it actually there were two scenes that reminded me of the quieter moments in Saving Private Ryan, where you actually got to learn about the characters you were following. Where I thought, oh, okay, this this is maybe where the film could have gone, but unfortunately, it had way too many characters and way too many action sequences for its own good. This movie was just jam packed with stuff. And I think it does a disservice. This is why I have a lot of um, problems with. American war movies in that 
but I, I could do a whole episode about why I hate these movies, but it does nothing to show the human cost of war. No. Which is what, in my opinion, war movies should do. Oh, for sure. So that's why I can't even stomach Saving Private Ryan, because at the end of the day, it's not even... It's not making a comment on the human cost of the war, even though they are saving that one brother. The one, like, all the other brothers Have you, have you watched it all the way through? Yeah, I watched oh, okay, it in, like, okay. my grade 10 oh, okay. history yeah, class. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I like watching my Soviet World War II movies where, like, bleak, 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 war sucks, everyone's dying of starvation. Here, look at what we do for people who are partisans. Like, I don't know. Like, I like... I just feel like American war movies lack an authenticity. Yes. There's a, there's a movie about – I can't remember the name of the actor, but it was something about a sniper um, that I thought – Enemy did, at the Gates? Mm, that might, maybe Law? that's – Jude Law. Is that the one I think I'm it's Enemy at the Gates. Yeah. Where I thought that movie did a better job of showing the psychological pain of that. But it also that. takes place on the Eastern Front. That is true. And it's that is true. a Soviet. That is true. Yes, it's not. Uh, <laughs> but but American made. I mean, but yeah, yes, it yeah. wasn't. Uh, but but not like, focusing on that. It's almost very true. That's a good war, point. Yeah. I mean, the Pacific theater was also horrible. Yes. But like. But these movies are t- like Pearl Harbor and Midway. They're not meant to be historic. I know no, they're they're because gl- even the, the one thing I will disagree about your Saving Private Ryan thing is Saving Private Ryan is not glorifying this. But I think the mess that is Midway and the mess that is Pearl Harbor glorifies yeah. what was a tragedy and makes it a little cartoony like, and epic. Let's and, look at these airplanes. Yeah, look at these big explosions and what we can do with it. Gunshot, yeah, explosion. And I think that I, th- I mean, Midway is just a just an absolute waste of time and too long and too. It, that was the the problem with it was that they packed everything. And the kitchen sink in this movie. Uh, you got an idea? Throw it in the movie. Like, just do it. Just throw it in there. Make it a thing. And then it was just too long. And, and I should know, you can make a more or less lighthearted World War II movie. And it still be sort of tasteful. Mm-hmm. The Great Escape. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's like, you should pick a, a, a one particular thing and tell that thing's story as opposed to doing something too grand and big. Because then you yeah. get lost. And Midway got lost. There you go. I'm uh, assuming it's a skip. Yeah, it's a skip, but I, I don't see. There's no reason why you should even watch this movie at home. There's, there's nothing watch for Pearl you. Watch Pearl Harbor instead. Yeah, honestly, probably. It's <laughs> bad. Like, it, it, Pearl Harbor is way better than this movie, and that's just I, – I don't like Pearl Harbor. So there you go. That's uh, It's a skip it uh, for Midway. And uh, a see it for Parasite, though. So yes. there is something to go to see. Um, but now we're going to move on to Not a Great Plan. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener, Not A Great Plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, you've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not A Great Plan. That's right, it's not a great plan where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. 
Mark Ruffalo on Marvel film controversy. I would love to see Martin Scorsese create a national film endowment. Not a great plan. Um, yeah. Okay. So the, here we go. We're getting into these Scorsese comments, I guess. <laughs> so let's, I guess we need to backtrack like a couple weeks, right? This has been in the headlines yeah. for a little bit. At least, at least two weeks. We haven't, um, I mean, last week we didn't air a live episode, mm-hmm. but we haven't had a lot of time to kind of address the headlines. So anyways, this has kind of been in the news in the sense that Martin Scorsese um, has been making headlines for his comments on Marvel movies. Um, he's called such films not cinema and more along the lines of a theme park. Um, and he essentially makes the point that these big sort of blockbuster movies um, have ownership of theater screens. Um, so essentially, I'm not going to do a great job summarizing this. Essentially, Martin Scorsese's point is that because comic book movies and sort of big, big franchise movies are guaranteed money makers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We know, like I had said about, you know, who cares if Fantastic Beasts is good because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's going to make millions and millions For of sure. dollars. So Martin Scorsese's point is that because these movies are such money makers, theaters are devoting so many screens to them that there's less room for independent Mm -hmm. film, which is true. That is true. Martin Scorsese is making very valid sort Mm -hmm. of economic points about film. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that these blockbuster films, these franchise films, including the Marvel films, are sacrificing sort of traditional cinema merits. So they're essentially sacrificing what he describes as risk in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, these movies have become very formulaic. There's no risk. Um, it's become sort of a team sport as opposed to studios taking a gamble on one single director, one single screenwriter. All of these things, valid. Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese is making very good points. But everyone's getting their nose out of joint saying, you know, um, how dare you say Marvel is in cinema? When he's making the point that there's different types yeah. of movies. He- the mistake he made is in in this day and age, you you have to be very careful of the language you choose. Because if you start off a sentence by saying Marvel isn't cinema, you might as well stop speaking. Because there's nothing else you can say. All you the have said you've said Well it's not just the fan it's not just the fanboys, it's the media. They've grabbed on to their, their headline. Everything else you just said to me, not relevant to the media not relevant to people looking at things the only thing they need is oh i grabbed my sound bite whatever everything you said is valid because it's not opinion based those are true facts those movies are pushing away from doing risk the thing like i disagree that it's not cinema however after seeing midway that was not cinema <laughs> so i get what he's saying and it's not for everybody but that but you can't to me you can't compare the garbage that i saw in midway and and some better I mean, The Joker was a better movie technically than Midway. Yeah. But anyway. Um, In terms of technical and as much as I didn't enjoy Joker's story, it did take risks. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it was and sometimes it a does. single person's vision for better or for worse. And so did Logan, which is another um, movie that, that you know, is it technically a comic book movie. But again, the, the thing is that people are getting all bent out of shape over comments where he, I, I feel like of if of, of anyone, this isn't, this isn't just 
some dude. This isn't Nicolas Cage or some person just like shouting off. This is a filmmaker who has studied film for a very, very long time, so, who understands the nuances of, of what he's talking about. Martin Scorsese came of age at a very sort of tumultuous time in filmmaking, very similar to what we have now. Yeah. When blockbuster after blockbuster was dominating um, theater, these movies were pretty crappy. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Um, and essentially they began to, to fail, and the studio system broke down. Mm. And it was... Because the studio system broke down, it beca- it made a vacuum for filmmakers like mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese and his compatriots to come in and make risky, independent, really beautiful, thought-provoking film, what we call New Hollywood, in the, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And then people like uh, George Lucas came and r- ruined it for the rest of us. But anyways, <laughs> for, another, for another time. So what people don't understand, like you said... Martin Scorsese is speaking to a historical moment that people have just no context of. Like this, he's the first generation of filmmakers that went to university mm-hmm. to study film mm-hmm. and to make to to argue the case that cinema is art. Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, my heart goes out to Martin Scorsese. And why I picked this headline in particular is because Mark Ruffalo is so stupid. <laughs> So he says, I would love to see Marty create a national film endowment, and he could do this, um, that lets young new talent come in that isn't just driven by the marketplace, but driven by the precepts of art. That would be amazing. Well, Mark Ruffalo, you idiot. Martin Scorsese already does this. Yeah, isn't that? Yeah, that, that thing he has his with? own. So Scorsese helps produce and he champions sort of independent filmmaking, international filmmaking, but he also oversees the World Cinema Project. Right, that's what I was thinking. The World Cinema Project, which restores yeah. and releases yeah. older and obscure films. Yeah. So. So okay, check. <laughs> he, he, he did I that, just, Mark Ruffalo. I couldn't. I couldn't. The stupidity, and this mm. again goes to show that people lack such historical nuance. And this oh, is coming, for sure. This is coming as me, I, as a historian, right? Yeah. I'm putting on my mis- my historian hat. Someone who has studied sort of media and the historical connotations. You get idiots like Mark Ruffalo who just again sound off on With, without knowing what they're really talking about, no. without knowing having research and any idea of it. And... Make the case, you know additional people need to be doing what Martin Scorsese is doing. Mm-hmm. But again, he couldn't even bother yeah. to open up Google before he... Yeah, and I think you know, I think people get up in arms and, and Mark Ruffalo is in a position where he's trying to come to the defense of fans of the movies that he's in while also trying to toe this line of like, I mean, he if that's all he said, it's like, okay, well, first of all, it's not really an opinion on the subject. And second of all, you didn't, clearly research anything that you're doing so it just seems like he's he's going out on a limb just trying to be like well i mean it, you he know he should do this sound he, smart you know, yeah and like add to the conversation and he just came off as the biggest idiot in the whole world um and then this is what the one thing i want to say about this actual thing because coming back to like the fan question about what we think about it like i relate what big studios do to what I always thought you should do because I come from the like the stage theater mm-hmm. world from running a theater company because the blockbuster movies are comparable to musicals. Yeah. 
on, on the stage world. Yeah, you go to Stratford, the musicals are the big headline, and then they've also got the Shakespeare and new stuff over here. Um, the legitimate theater. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the <laughs> idea, right? So my always point was um, there's nothing wrong with doing Oklahoma. Just if you're going to do Oklahoma, do Oklahoma to the best of your ability yeah. in order for you to go make To Kill a Mockingbird. So to me, what I would like to see Disney start to do, which it hasn't happened and because people are greedy and they just want to put things out is, and this is what people like Robert Downey Jr. do, make all your money, sure, with the big thing, but then use it to create these opportunities. It's exactly what Robert Downey Jr. did. He started his own production company with his wife and he did a movie called The Judge that no one went to see. But it was a passion project, and he really worked hard on it and wanted to produce it. Now he's starting to work with indie directors, and Chris Evans is doing the same thing. He's he was handpicking indie directors he wants to work with. He really wants to do. He did that film about the young daughter who had to go to school and lost his her mother. That's and, a really good movie. Yeah, I and saw it on an and, it, it, and it was him who funded that movie to get it going. And that's the thing is like if that's what I would like to see happen. And that is what Martin Scorsese does. So for Mark Ruffalo to say, yeah. Marty, please share the money. But also Mark Ruffalo could do that yeah. too. He's got lots of money. Like he's he's the Hulk. He could he could spare a couple dimes <laughs> for this type of endowment. Me. Yeah. And like, I know it's ridiculous. You, everyone knows on the show I'm not a Marvel fan, but I never say I don't begrudge anyone who enjoys Marvel. No, and I, I'm a big Marvel fan, but the I just also... I just wish there was more room for other storytelling. I guess I just... I guess I'm too secure to feel upset over Martin Scorsese making a comment that I know is true. Like, is that... I don't know if that's, like, weird, but I just feel like when people get so upset, it usually comes from a place of insecurity. They like, feel oh, insecure. Like, mean my yeah. movies aren't yeah. real? No, it... I... There's lots... Of, hey, I do not agree that it's not cinema, but the way that Martin Scorsese describes cinema, no, it's not. Not the way he's talking about it. I agree with that. I may not necessarily agree. I think there's room for definition. both. No, and I, I think there's room for both, but the way he's mapping it out, he's saying facts here. He's not saying things that are incorrect. He wrote a very eloquent article, and I can't remember. I always mix up the two. I don't know if it was New York Times or Times Magazine. It was in it was New, New York Times, and this came out after his comments because yeah, he wanted to clarify. He wanted to clarify. I bet you anything, most of the people who are angry didn't even read that. And it's a beautiful, well written, you know. And he talks about how you know he, he did make film at a particular time where their definitions of cinema was very different, yeah, yeah. and. You know, he stands by his comments, but to me, I'm like, yeah, the points he makes backs up his comments. So I don't think yeah. what people want, people want him to retract, right? They mm. want him to yeah. say, oh, no, you guys are right. No, he's doubled down. And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah. based on my career and the career of my colleagues and my contemporaries, this is not cinema. This is what would have been, you know, the epics of the 60s, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was nothing wrong with those movies, but they weren't, they're not, you know, taxi driver. Yeah, yeah. And it's unfortunate, though, that being in such a consumer-driven, content-driven industry that it's losing that. It's losing that art. It's losing that nuance. People, like we just talked about with Midway, we literally just talked about it. We couldn't have talked about two 
better films for this discussion. You've clearly got the passion project of a director who has a yeah. style, who who is growing as a director, but he's maybe he's a little older, so he's trying to become accessible. But still, it's his style, it's his movie. Versus Midway, just the reason to try to make a buck. Yeah, we're making this movie to make a buck to thematically do something, and it never it never works. And again, I just to throw this comparison back one more time, I think the most successful stage theater companies are the ones who master. Here's our two musicals to headline the year, and then our seven other things that you've never heard of, but we're giving people opportunities because the musicals will make us our money, and we're funneling that money to artists. Studios don't do that, and if they did, people like Martin Scorsese would have left up a problem. He he made a good point in that. He said, you know, sometimes people throw out the supply and demand that we have Marvel movies because people want Marvel movies. But it's sort of the chicken and the egg. He said that, you know, we, the studios think they want Marvel movies. So those are the movies that they're made. But if, if we don't offer the audience other he does a much better job describing no, uh, it. But do you know yeah, what I mean? if you don't offer people that that you option, you don't know out. what you're missing out. You don't know what you're, on, you're yeah. missing and, out if you don't. And the studios no. are too much. No, no, no. Next thing's got to make a lot no of risk. money. Like R- risk adverse. No risk. Where if they would just like they're not gonna. Yeah. Okay. So you just did Endgame. It made two billion dollars. Why can't your next film that as a studio you put together be a risky one? What are you risking? You just and made two billion dollars. Those risky movies, typically the budgets are minuscule pretty small compared to pretty small and you could make i mean you could make you we've seen it with someone like um we talked about the m night Shyamalan, the visit which is a movie that that was made for five million dollars they were taking a risk on a director who seemed to be done who people were finished with but and it was a blumhouse i believe production Mm -hmm. but that movie like made so much money because its budget was so small it made so much money for that company. So that brings me to another headline. You thought we wouldn't talk about the Joker anymore. Guess what? We're talking about the Joker. <laughs> Yay. So speaking of sort of these smaller films, the Joker is now the most profitable comic book movie of all time. And that's because it made roughly 15.3 times its initial 62.5 million budget. So when we think about it, wow. it hasn't made as much money like in in terms of the long term no it, but profit it, it has yeah it hasn't made as much money as endgame but in terms of pure profit and that's because it is a much smaller budget so that's compared to the 3 billion made by avengers endgame mm-hmm. but that budget was 356 million million dollars yeah compared to 62.5 yeah so and they're also like i mean usually when people quote budgets they're talking about the cost to put on the production there's usually on top of that marketing and other expenses that that the studio has to incur on top of that so you usually have to add in a little bit more but yeah like that's a pretty huge difference 15.3 times and it's also the highest grossing r-rated film of all time yeah i'd heard that and i thought that 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 was interesting that and and once i thought about it i was like yeah okay that actually does make sense i can't really think of an r-rated movie that was as popular and to, to kind of come full circle about how studios, when people realize things are going to make money. So now Todd Phillips yep. is saying, oh, maybe I would make a sequel. <laughs> you want to know why? Because money talks. Yeah. It's the exact reason why we got It Chapter 2. Yeah. So <laughs> even though my dreams, I thought my dreams of seeing Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker again was shattered. Now we're hearing more and more. But with the same director, though. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't. Mean... I wouldn't. The thing is, I... It, 
I wouldn't want to see Joaquin Phoenix in Todd Phillips' hands again, which is too bad. No, I wouldn't want to see him in someone else's hands doing something else. But, you know, it's so fun. We just came full circle, right, with yeah, the discussion course. that yeah. Todd Phillips, oh, it's it's a one-off. It's a one-off movie. It's not a comic book movie. Mer, 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 mer. Oh, you're also the highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Oh, where do I sign yeah. for movie number two? Oh, yeah. what what We could do that. <laughs> it's it, and that's the thing is like I think one of the biggest criticisms that I had about the Joker is because it was going to be a one-off thing and nothing that we saw mattered and it didn't really go anywhere and do anything. Now it's like okay, I guess I can retract that, but it's still not going to matter because this film's going to be made for the wrong reasons. He's not going to have a story he wants to tell with the Joker. He's going to be trying to figure out a story to tell with the Joker because well now the timeline's really to. screwed up. Well, yeah, now like what are you go- where are you going to go from here, really? Unless he does what you know, this is the precursor to the Joker, and then it's not even going to be Joaquin Phoenix anyways. It's going to be someone like taking on the legacy. Yeah. Of. Yeah, and even if they said, okay, well, we're just going to build our own universe. universe for the Joker. Like, so wait. You're going to now have a Joker 2 and then Batman's going to be in it? Or are you just like never going to have Batman in with the Joker? Like what? what's he going to do from here? Where that movie left off, is there really – I guess he could just be the Joker more, which was I guess the thing I, I wanted to see. I wanted to see him be the Joker. So I guess we will at least get a movie of him being the Joker. But like what the heck is he going to do? And what's the point of that one? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Cool. So that's <laughs> Great. the Joker update. That's the Joker update. Well, we're, we're pretty much out of time, actually. Um, we're at the end. But uh, congratulations again on, on your engagement. That's a, that's a great news. And I'm sure people will write in and chat about that. And, only nice things. Uh, yeah, only nice things. And br- yeah. yeah, but get ready for your engagement-related questions next week. Yeah. Um, won't even, don't even worry about asking movie questions. We'll just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just dive into uh, Taylor's engagement next week. Um, and yeah, that's... That's everything for this week. Thank you for tuning in to Screening in Kingston. Go see some movies.